Hi, I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Matthew Rodriguez. Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. Today is a special episode. It is a very special episode, and that's because, um, well, anyone who loves Buffy knows that Buffy recently had its 20th anniversary. Um, in fact, we launched Slayer, Slayer Fest 98 on the 20th anniversary. But since that day, on that day and since that day, there's been a ton of hashtag content out there that has explored what Buffy means, and obviously there was the great cover um, of Entertainment Weekly and the, sh- and the photo shoot inside. So Ian and I thought that we would get together and talk about what we thought about the internet's uh, one-day obsession with Buffy as opposed to our lifelong everyday <laughs> obsession. So what did it feel like for everyone to be a fangirl for one day? Yeah, it was... I definitely liked... Because you had told me you knew about this, right? Knew about what? The, like, you knew that they were going to do a reunion? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I like was like, oh, maybe it was just a rumor, because, like, it oddly is not the 20th anniversary. Like, the issue is coming out. Well, yeah, the issue didn't come out on the day. Yeah, um, but I guess because the issue is more, like, the history of TV, and actually has some, like, pretty good articles about, like, Veronica Mars and, like, Seinfeld and stuff like that, um, but, of course, the thing we care about the most is Buffy, um... And when I woke up that day, like, I had, like, four different texts from four different people who had sent me, like, pictures. And, like, everyone assumed I had already seen it, but I, like, you know, I sleep in. And uh, I was like, wait, what happened? And then I, like, looked online and, like, everyone had tweeted it all at me. And I was like, (gasps) and it was just, like, so exciting to see all my babies looking lovely and back together again. You see, Buffy is so much a part of your brand, and it's like, no one tweeted me anything, um, but it's okay. It's my brand, I don't know, my brand is all over the place, so. <laughs> like, my friend Victor tweeted at me earlier in the day, and then, like, towards the end of the day, was like, how are you dealing? Are you okay? Well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, I mean, I think there were a lot of people who, like, were really who were like talking about Buffy that day but once again we had been talking about it yeah I mean we talk about it all the time and then we've also just been talking about it in a different way since the podcast so we've had kind of had a Buffy outlet where I'm sure if we hadn't been doing this it would be very different because it would feel like a day where we could finally like talk to everyone about it well yeah because like I don't know if you had anyone in your feed I saw a couple people like being like oh Buffy internet again for, like, when the, like, pictures from the shoot came out, because, like, everyone was, like, so tired of, like, hearing about it. And I'm like, bitch, you hear about it from me every day. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand that. It's, as Willow says, it's the computer age nerds are in. Like, (laughs) why are you hating on us having our thing? Or it's like the, it's like, this is the one thing that we get. Yeah. This is our thing. (laughs) Um, So Matthew and I figured we would talk also, like, I don't know, did you watch the video that they put out? Which video? They put out like a video, like they put out a video of the interview they did, um, and it's very like, like my mom was like, "Oh, they actually did a reunion," and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Oh, you should watch the video." Like, there's not really that much new information, but it's so like, I don't know. It's great to watch. It's nice to see them all like smile and be happy, and I'm like, "Oh, Tara and Joyce are okay." <laughs> yeah, um, I think, and I well. It, it was really nice to see them together in general, and also because I think that they're, I think with a lot of shows, and especially female-driven shows, pe- there's always talk about, like, people not getting along and yeah. all this stuff. 
I mean, the same thing happens with Sex and the City. People tr- still try to like say that they're not friends and that they secret and that they all just had blowout fights. And it just happens with female centric shows. And it's I um I I do know that some of the drama behind the scenes like was real, but it was I think it was overblown. Yeah. And just like people get in arguments over, but it was nice to see them all together, like um just like understanding the impact like getting to talk about the impact of the show and um i don't know i mean it also seemed very natural them hanging out and them being around each other and like you know i feel like especially towards the end everyone made such a big deal about sarah and allison not being friends and like hating each other and like clearly they're fine like i still i feel like i still see people comment on stuff like that being like oh well they hate each other and i'm like no, they, like, tweeted each other, and they've, like, gone out to lunch or whatever Yeah, and they, then. like, have walked their kids together yeah, and, and like, stuff like that and gone to birthday parties. I was surprised at how young, um, and we, for those who are listening, we have the issues physically open right now, and we're gabbing about them like we're at a hair salon. <laughs> um, surpri- Michelle Trachtenberg still looks so young. Yeah, well, I think she's probably, like, gonna have that baby face forever, like... I mean, and Joyce looks fantastic. Let's right? talk about Christine Sutherland. I like. I can't help but like view her as like I'm like ooh like this like older single mom is like thriving, and I'm like oh good for you. She is like literally <laughs> serving it. Um, and I James mean, Marsters looks a little old. Yeah, not old like, but he just looks like he looks his age. He looks you yeah. Know. I think all of the. I mean, except for Seth Green, all of the guys. <laughs> Seth Green, like, looks the same, just with a beard. Yeah. Um, but I've also always had a crush on him, like... So you would sleep with Seth Green? Yes, that's who I would sleep with in this... I mean, I would probably... Really? Sleep... Of everyone? I would probably sleep with everyone, but, um, yeah, Seth Green is the one I... Yeah, I would probably sleep with everyone, including Joss. Joss is such a dad. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, he's, like... But, like... <laughs> He'd also be very gentle, I think. But also, like, kinky. But, like, maybe choke me if I wanted him to. Anya looks... Emma Caulfield looks amazing. Um, it's funny because my roommate was like, oh, that's cute that they included Harmony in the photo shoot. And I was like, who do you think is Harmony? And he was like, oh, that's Anya. <laughs> Actually, the person who's serving the most, can we talk about Charisma Carpenter and that oh photo god. she took? Oh my god. <laughs> on the table, um, like lying back with her hair. Fl- oh my gosh, that, she showed up that day. Everyone else was like, okay, whatever. But she was like, no. She's like, I'm going to look good. <laughs> she literally looks amazing. Um, it's funny because... Like, my group chat of, like, my best friends from home. Um, it's my current roommate and um, a lesbian couple I'm friends with. And they, like, they don't watch Buffy. But I was like, did you guys see that there was a reunion for Buffy? Like, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, did you see how hot Cordelia looks? Because they know who the characters are just because I'm crazy. Right. And they were like, no, what are you talking about? And I sent them a picture and they were like, holy shit. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> also, can we talk about... Uh, oh, so we need to talk about that... Faith is not in these pictures. I know. Um, because the the official reason that she gave online was that it was only major characters. But Wesley Wyndham Price is here. Yes. And if they are going by who was in the opening credits, Tara was in one episode one opening episode. credits, so she does count. And, and Wesley wasn't. Wesley and was Joyce not. And Joyce wasn't, to be fair. Yeah, and jo- but I mean, yeah. So Wesley and Joyce were never in the opening credits. And Wesley did not have as big an impact on the series as Faith did. No, I mean... To be fair, I feel like Angel's never going to get a reunion, and for Angel, wow, Angel, Cordelia, well, they're, I just feel like they're not. Like, Angel, Cordelia, and Wesley are like, that's the Scoobies for that show. Like, there are like, you know, the other characters that they add in. There's Fred, who everyone loves. Um, 
and Gunn and stuff, but I feel like the main three that are there from the first season, I mean, granted, Wesley comes in like nine episodes into the first season, but they're there, and for me, they're the main, like, group, if I had to, like, cut it down to three, and so, like, I guess that's, like, the Angel reunion. Also, I'm sure Allison Hannigan was just like, can my husband come too? And they were like, fine. (laughs) I Um... mean, right? Because he doesn't even say anything in the interviews. Cannot wait for the Dollhouse reunion. Oh my god. (laughs) (sighs) Yes, Dollhouse reunion. Um, And then, you know, hey, Eliza will be there, and (laughs) Ember will be there. Me and Chris will love when the Dollhouse reunion happens. I literally couldn't name another actor from that show. Oh my gosh. Who's the British lady? I like her. She's amazing. Oh, and Fran Prince. Oh, right, right, right. Hmm. Okay. Oh, and Wesley is on that show. Yeah, exactly. But he's in, like, three episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, that, and I, like, I don't know. They all just look so good, and this is, like, I feel like this is, like, Hot Topic Vampire Goth Prom photo shoot, which is, like, right up my alley. Um, and I actually really like the individual photos. Let's go through the individual photos. So what do we think of Sarah Michelle Gellar's flowy prom dressy goth prom dress photo? I I mean, I'm into the outfit. I think in this photo, when you like where the quotes start, she looks a little like she's like, did you get it? Did you get it? Um, I thought it was interesting because her dress is so more poofy yeah. than everyone else's. And also I'm just used to seeing her in like skin tight ready to slay clothes yeah i would have i felt like it would have been more true to her character if they had put her in something that looked like she was about to kick ass yeah even though we have seen buffy kick ass in a prom dress but even those were not as poofy as this one let's move to the brilliance of the um emma caulfield bunny photo oh my god um so my friend had texted me that that was the first photo i saw when i woke up and i really like just looking at it on my phone I was like, oh, is this one of the Real Housewives? Like, that's like, like, no. No one knows who Emma Caulfield is. (laughs) No, it's not even like, I just, no, because I love her and Anya's like my favorite, but I like, it was just like a thumbnail on my text window. And I really was like, oh, like I just saw like an attractive blonde lady. So I was like, oh, is that one of the Real Housewives holding a bunny? David Boreanaz getting better with age. He really is. He really is. Though I haven't seen an episode of Bones, but. Um... Did There's only end? one bone I'm interested in, <laughs> and it's... God. <laughs> um, that show just ended, right? Yeah, after, like, 13 years. So, like, after, like, 33 years, he's finally not having, like, consistent TV work. God. Oh I'm sure he'll be on some... Yeah. And Wesley could get it. He's, like... Dead. Oh, Wesley could definitely get yeah. it. And, like, Cordelia could get it. I'm, like, Jesus. I feel like I would have been blushing. So here's an interesting thing. So here's a photo of Allison Hannigan, Amber Benson, and oh, Seth babies. Green. I know. And it's, you know, Willow with her two great loves or whatever. I didn't realize until the reunion, maybe it's because I've always been in like a a, bub- a gay Buffy bubble. Like Tara is Willow's one true love, but actually there's a lot of people who stand for Oz. Right, isn't that weird? Like, I mean, I really like him, but yeah, there's a lot of people that like, do. <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember BuzzFeed did a thing that was like, a quiz that was like, who was the best big bad? Who was the best this? And first of all, it was stupid because the master won for who was the best big bad. And we'll talk about that when we talk about <laughs> my superior list later. But um, 
yeah, people voted for Oz over Tara, and I just don't get it. And actually, I have a BFF who's also gay from... from um, actually, he should come on the show. We went to forum <laughs> together, and he loves Buffy, and he's also... And he's gay, and he's pro-Oz, and I just feel like that's homophobic. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um... Do you know when I interviewed Amber Benson, I actually asked her, I like never used this interview question. I interviewed, when I interviewed her for Geeks Out, I took like a poll of questions asked and it just like didn't fit in with the rest of the interview. So I never used them. But like I asked her, I was like, do you think Willow was bisexual or was she not out yet and came out like she was like gay and Amber Benson said she was like, no, I think she's a lesbian. Like, I don't think she's bisexual. I think she, you know... Kennedy was her next love. Like, I don't think she... I think she cared about Oz, but wasn't, like, in that romantic love with him. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question, which we obviously don't have to get into yeah. in our year podcast, but I think that there's a lot of... That, that, that is a big sore spot with viewers now, because yeah. Buffy was so groundbreaking in showing, like, the lesbian romance on a main... On a, you know, a big five TV network and all that stuff, but, um... There was definitely some people who were like, well, she went too quickly into, like, being a lesbian. Like, yeah. she could have been bi and it could have been more revolutionary. But anyway, we all know, as to, as gay men, and, you know, we know a lot of gay people that, like, it's not always, like, you know, p- there are a lot of people who experiment. Or, or just, like, because we're trained to be straight, have what would be deemed heterosexual relationships before. Like me. Out. Like you? You like did. Like me. I'm really gay. Yeah, I actually got yelled at one time by the internet. Because I wrote a thing about, like, so this is, like, just what it is. When I came out, I said I was bi, and I used to sleep with women. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm not bi, I'm gay. Um, and You're a monster. I am a monster. And so, like, I wrote that in something that I wrote. And, like, this group was, like, really mad at me and told me that I was, like, doing, like, bi erasure by, like, saying that that's what I did. But, like, that was what I did. And, like, for me, that's not saying that people aren't by just I wasn't and like I used it like as a shitty you know 18 year old 19 year old was like oh that makes me like cooler but like was just an asshole and like yeah so like you can have like like you said whatever's deemed heterosexual sex and still be real fucking gay like me um so that's the end of the yeah (laughs) of the picture so let's talk about um, the lists that we did for, yes. uh, so I did a ranking of the big bads. Yes. And actually I consulted with you on it, <laughs> though you did not get a writing credit. <laughs> I wrote it for, uh, the website where I get my nine to five on, uh, and it's called Mike. <laughs> and I wrote, um, a, a definitive ranking of the series big bads, starting with number eight. So, so I counted two from season six. I counted both Dark Willow and the trio. Um, and so together I put eight on the list. And I did, eight was Adam from season four. Who is clearly the worst. He's clearly the worst. And I actually, even then, like, people were like, oh, but Adam has his good points. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's how you kind of have to talk about Buffy. Like, even when there are, when something is the worst, sometimes it's not objectively bad. Like, I actually think that Adam... And obviously we'll go into this when we get to season four in a few months. But, like, Adam does have a lot of interesting things that he brings up. And, yeah. And so that it's just that overall, um, he just wasn't successful. It was poorly executed, yeah. yeah. Then I did The Master, which, um, I guess going back through season one, I have a lot more appreciation for The Master. Yeah. And what he's doing, but still, 
um, no. And then... I mean, he, like, I mean, we've said this a hundred times, though. He works as a season one villain. Right. He works for a 12-episode arc. Yeah. He probably wouldn't work as a 22-episode arc villain. And, like, he seems like such a villain that would be a one-off later. Like, in season well, three, of, he'd be a one-off villain. And one of the, yeah, and one of the interesting things, I mean, because, yeah, I mean, in season three, you have, like, one episode dedicated to Kikistos, in a, yeah. who, in a way, is almost, like, yeah. faiths the master. Yeah. Um, Buffy, I mean, if, if, if the master were to ever be transferred to another season... I would feel like he would definitely have to up his fighting game. Because yes. all the other ones, Buffy has to fight several times. But Buffy faces the Master once and doesn't even really fight him. Oh, yeah. that It is only once. They only actually, yeah, come face to face once, except for in Nightmares, where they don't fight there. Yeah. And then she just kind of, like, throws him over and, he, and you know, he dies. So it's such an easy yeah. defeat. There's the trio, which she doesn't really fight that often. Yeah. But it's more that they make her life, uh, like, I mean, I can't say hell because her life, you know... I mean, that's the whole point of season six. But they annoy her a lot. There's the first who's, like, cool and good, but also you really can't ever defeat the first evil. So it's yeah. kind of like even her her victory at the end of the series kind of feels like, okay, it, was, it wasn't, I don't know. It was, it was kind of weird because... Well, season six and season seven are the only seasons where, like, the bad guy doesn't actually get, like totally defeated right they break that pattern of like defeating the master defeating angel defeating the mayor defeating adam defeating glory yeah and then it's kind of like willow <laughs> i don't defeat the trio and willow's yeah. my friend and then the first <laughs> evil has an army of uber ramps but the first evil will always kind yeah. of be the first evil and then so what i said when i when Nina and i talked about this list was that there's a huge divide between the bottom of the list and the top of the list so if Number five is the first evil. Then you get to four, who I put... So this is controversial, but I put Glory at number four. But Glory is an amazing big bad. She's my favorite big bad. She's your favorite? Yeah. I guess I would say... She's not my favorite, but she is, like, iconic. Yeah. She's iconic. And then you have... Number three was Dark Willow, who I feel is a fan favorite, but isn't the greatest, quote-unquote, big bad, because she's on screen for such a small time. And she's also not objectively bad. <coughs> Ian sneezing. Ugh. Bless you. Um, thanks. Um, yeah, and also, like, what's weird is I remember thinking, like, oh, this isn't going to be a thing. And then it was, like, the whole end of the season once, it ha- once like, she killed Warren. Um, and it's, like, a big deal when her and Buffy have that fight and when Giles comes in. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have put... I don't know. I don't know the... I don't, I, as I say, my lame answer with Buffy, I love it all so much that I'm like, I might have put Glory above her, but like I accept your ranking and I think it's great. I think I actually... <laughs> it was one of those things, and maybe I should have gone my gut, because I think I originally had Dark Willow at 4 and Glory at 3, and then I like switched them. So they're kind of interchangeable. But I actually am someone who believes that my number 1 and 2 can't be messed with. <laughs> I think the mayor is a, an amazing villain yeah. for so many reasons, he has such a great arc. It's all about, like, institutional power and stuff like that also. And, like, his weird collusion with Principal Snyder. Like, yeah. them, like, Snyder knowing that he runs the town and stuff like that. And it's also such a, like, comment on, like, small town politics and stuff yes. like that. And there's just so much going on. And the number one is obviously Angelus because 
I mean, Ian knows. I in order for, for the podcast, I've been rewatching season two, and I keep texting him. I'm just like, this is. I literally text Ian asking him to hold me as I cry <laughs> like twice a week. He does, <laughs> and I'm sobbing because going through season two, it's just so emotional, and the way that they bring Angelus's arc together. And you know, it's weird because I feel like season two and season five both are like pretty relentless with like oh shit something else terrible happened to the scoobies and like this big bad is the cause of it but it never like neither of those seasons really reach like relentlessly sad as season six where like yeah i don't know season six used to be one of my favorites but more recently it's been pushed towards the bottom because it's a little bit like it doesn't let up and like seasons two and five still let up sometimes, even though they're like, go into war with a hell god or go into war with Buffy's, you know, evil ex-boyfriend. Well, I think there's also, here's this, right? Is like when I was young, season six, they seemed so grown up. Yeah. And so when they were going through all that shit, I was like, oh, wow, this is like adulthood and blah, blah, blah. But like, first of all, they're like 22. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now being about to be 28... Uh, it kind of seems like, wow, they're, like, that's, like, this is, like, Joss is laying it on really thick, and all the writers, I mean, actually, I think Joss was less involved in that season. They actually, I was gonna bring that, bring us back to this Entertainment Weekly issue, and it, Sarah Michelle Gellar says that she always says that season six isn't her favorite, um, and that she wanted Joss to bring it back to feeling more like the show in season seven, and he promised her he would, and so, like... I love Joss. I, you know, I've seen, I feel like we both saw a bunch of, like, internet backlash with him, like, especially over this. Um, But I do think he can be a little bit, which I feel like we can understand as writers, writers are fairly self-centered, that, like, he was so mad about the, like, network change that he wrote the musical but didn't write much of season six. And so he, I don't he think says that. that. He's, no, he says oh, that. Oh, he does say that. He's like, I just turned my brain off and was like, I'm writing a musical. And then Sarah was like, hey, this doesn't feel like the show. And he promised her he would bring it back to feeling like the show in season seven. Which then season seven was what season seven was. And I like season seven. I like season seven, but as we said before, we can despair to know that it's good. Yeah. But season seven is lackluster to me compared to a lot of other seasons. But. 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 See, but I also think, I mean, the way we were just talking, I feel like season six in a lot of ways is like. A fan favorite, but we also know that it can be trash. Yeah. Like, there's so many highs like the musical and Tabula Rasa. Yeah. And um, Dark Willow. Like, there's so many things that are memorable, but I actually think what happens is that a lot of the characters don't act like themselves. And so we feel betrayed. Like, I mean, one of the things I remember specifically Buffy bringing up, or Sarah Michelle Gellar bringing up in an, in an earlier interview before their union was how in that episode Dead Things where she's like Buffy, which I don't remember the scene exactly because I've only seen Dead Things like twice as opposed to every episode that I've seen like at least eight times, but I don't like Dead Things. But like, she's like in the bronze, like watching all of her friends or something and Spike is like behind her. like And he like fingers her or something, I think. Yeah, and he like, yeah, like he does something to her and, and she like just stands there and takes it and she said to the writers and I think to Joss that like she always felt like that's something Buffy wouldn't do. And there's a lot in that season that I just feel like this is something that the characters wouldn't do, necessarily. And 
so it's weird because you love the characters, but then you know, I guess what happens with season six is that it does get zany and you get a lot of comedy and stuff like that, but then also very like relentless. Well, like you know, I mean, but they just don't feel like themselves. They beat you over the head with the drug magic metaphor, and then like as that's being resolved. Xander leaves Anya at the fucking altar and then Tara gets shot. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like. Right, and then you have, you know, Anya going back to being a demon from there and all this other stuff. Which I almost wish they had kept for the finale. Like, I wish she had just been a demon until the finale. And then you have, like... She would have been able to be more helpful. She right. might not have been slashed to death. <sighs> and then also, I mean, but then we wouldn't have gotten one of probably my favorite episodes, Selfless. True. Well, so this is like legit one of my top five episodes. Well, I think that that episode could work if he like. So actually, the first time I watched that episode, I didn't get that she wasn't a demon anymore. I got that he took away like her being part of like I took it as like he was like the like pimp and like like running a brothel or something, and like all these vengeance demons were like working for him, and then he like cut her out of the family. Right, so you thought that she was still a demon, but she she was not part of the vengeance. Fold. Yeah, like that's how I took it, and like I remember being like, two episodes later, why doesn't she use her powers? Like, her she got like beat up in one episode, I think like punched, and I was like, wait a minute, that shouldn't affect her. And then I was like, oh, did he take away her power, like her demonness? Because that seems like a weird thing to take away. Right. Um, and I almost wish they had just done that, like, oh, you're out of the family, but she's still a demon. I. I see that. I mean, I, I, I think that would be an interesting thing to do because... Because also they didn't, they really didn't know what to do with Anya after that episode. Oh my god, no. Anya was so wasted at the end of season six and seven. And yeah, I mean, without being... The problem with the, with the show is that when you're not part of the Scoobies and you're not the big bad, you really have no reason to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, the show is about a group of friends, an alternate family... And with and then and then the forces that they have to like overcome usually in the form of the big bad. So if you're not part of that, you don't exist in the show's universe. And so they show a lot of that in season six and seven. Like I think there's even that weird. I think it's at, isn't it at the beginning of Selfish something at season seven when like Buffy goes randomly to like check on Anya yeah. and she's like <laughs> being attacked by demons or something. It's the, it's episode after that because it's like oh, DeHoffren sent this demon to like kill her or whatever yeah yeah i almost feel like we got they knew what to do with tara more in season six when tara and willow broke up because like her and buffy became like and they actually had like a cute friendship just them yeah um and i kind of liked that and like tara was the only one that knew about spike and tara was like very tara about it and not judgmental where like willow and xander immediately Tara actually has a has a great season in season six not for the character (laughs) but like (laughs) Amber Benson has a lot to do in season yes, six. Yes, she does. And it's weird because usually, the, yeah, like like you said, if once they break up, they don't know what to do with the character, but right. it worked. So, okay, so... Let's go to our... Um, episode list. Episode list. We made different episode lists. Yeah. Um, and was yours... I, remind me, Ian. Yes. Was yours like a, a, a top, like, this is the, these are the top 20... Because I, mine was not actually a top 20, mine was like a 23 best, like these are just 23 great episodes that you should watch if you want to, like, know what Buffy is, kind of thing. Yeah, mine is, I made it like the 20 most iconic episodes of Buffy, and it's also like interchangeable with Ian's 20 favorite episodes of Buffy. I tried to make it like a fine line between both, but mostly it's 
my probably 20 favorite episodes in order. I mean, honestly, for me, my order could change depending on which way the wind blows. I love all these episodes. Like, my top 10 is probably always my top 10, but, like, the order of them could change, like, tomorrow, if you ask me. Um, I got a lot of shit for putting the body at number 10. Um, a lot of people were like, no, that episode's like, why would you put that so low? For me, that's not low in a show that has, what, 144, 144 episodes. But also, like, my, my only critique of it would be that it's not enjoyable to watch. It is a great episode of TV, but it's not, like, an episode I would ever put on. Right, you wouldn't be like, guys... You would love Buffy. Here's an episode. Here's, yeah, here's like, an episode to watch. Right. Um, like, not that that's like makes it a bad episode. Just that's like why I wouldn't put it higher than that. Um, like, if I did the like best acting, like the episodes where they're like doing their like the actors and actresses are like doing the most and like doing a great job doing the most. This episode would probably be number one, but. Yeah, and also you put some season four episodes, which I actually kind of appreciated. So actually, I think a lot of people criticized my list because it was season four heavy, which looking back on it, I mean, there's 23 episodes that I put together. It's just a best of, and there's seven seasons, and the only one from season one is Prophecy Girl. So there's 22 episodes altogether to work with and over six seasons. So it's about three or four per season. So I felt like it was fair to put... The other thing that I, I really think about season four is that knock the overall arc all you want. Like, there's a lot of great individual episodes yes. in season four. And, like, actually they did a lot of really good self-contained stories that did character work at the sacrifice of a larger arc. Because yes. the season was so much about how people change in the first year of college and stuff like that. So, um, I put Hush and I put Restless, which I think anyone would put on a list of best yeah. episodes. The ones that were controversial that most people were like, why did you put those? Were that I put the Iron Team in Goodbye, Iowa. And I put them, I think, as one episode because I really feel like it is a, it's one of those mid-season two-parters, like, what's my line? Um, so much happens. It's a lot of plot. But I actually think that there's a lot of interesting questions that those um, episodes raise. I mean, like, the loyalty between, um, you know, Riley and the Initiative testing it against, like, Buffy and Riley's relationship. I actually think the Iron Team in Goodbye, Iowa might be the first time that um, Xander and Anya have sex, too. Isn't it? No, the harsh... I think it's the Harsh Day of Light. Oh, because that's right. Because she says, we when should she get these naked. interlocking bodies and not... I, that's one of my favorite lines, and I forget that it's in Harsh Light of Day. Um, I only remember that because for my thesis, for my nonfiction book that I wrote, like, it's just, like, a collection of essays... Thesis, grad school, not, like, actual book. Um, I'm not that fancy. Um, that was my opening quote for, like, my, like, thesis when I handed it in. I put, like, Anya, Harsh Day of Light. So I always remember writing that. Um, and then... So, yeah, I, I really like that as an, an official two-parter. I think that, honestly, it's the only time... Because it's, it's when we get to meet Adam, too. Oh, are those his... Is that his intro? Like, this is how, like... So, like I said, I don't disagree with any ranking because I like them all and I love the show, but, like, I couldn't tell you what happens in these episodes other than, like, looking at your gif that you used for it. I'm like, oh, okay, that happens. Um, is I and Team the first Adam episode? I and Team is where we meet Adam. It's where... Um. Because 
Maggie Walsh fails to kill Buffy, and then that's where she has her big monologue where she's like, and she calls her that little bitch. Yeah. And then she gets stabbed by Adam, and then in Goodbye, Iowa is where they're dealing with the aftermath of Maggie's death, and... And Riley thinks it might have been Buffy. Right, and Buffy has to go in and save Riley, and she has the yummy sushi pajama moment, and then, you know, when she goes in, that's when they first meet Adam, and Adam at that point is still terrifying, Mm. So I actually think that those I can make a lot of arguments as to why those should be on. I mean, you're not going to have any like pushback from me because I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. But then you know, there's ones that I think we both put that are obvious. I think we both put Prophecy Girl, yeah, which I can't wait to the episode on Prophecy Girl. Prophecy Girl is so good, it really is. I think we both put School Hard. Um, no, I don't know. Let me look. And I put the first. I think the only. Oops. No, I, I put the first Halloween episode, Halloween. What was the episode you just said? <laughs> before the, Halloween? Before School Hard. Oh, Prophecy Girl. No, oh, School, School Hard. Hard, yeah, yeah. Are, no, I have, so, it, yeah. I have an honorable mention. Okay, and then I put Surprise and Innocence, which no one would ever... No list of great Buffy episodes should ever be without Surprise and Innocence. I have that one at number nine, yeah. I put them as one. And then Becoming Part 1 and 2. Yeah, that's my number six. Do you have the wish? Um, do I? And do you have? Yeah. A, and do you have amends? The wish is fifteen, and no, no, I don't have amends. So the funny like thing amends. is, I don't like amends either. And when I did my list, <coughs> several people commented on Facebook like, "Where's amends? Where's amends?" And I was like, "Amends is not good." Like the only thing that's interesting about amends is that you meet the first evil. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's the most interesting part about it. But literally, like. It's cool the to whole see, it's dead cool Christmas to see, tree and, like, yeah. the fake mashed potato snow. It's, like, cool to see Jenny Callender back. Um, I wish that she hadn't... I wish that she had been in season seven. Um, I mean, that's, like... For me, that's my biggest gripe of season seven, is that the first could do all of this. And there are so many dead people on that show that I wanted the first to be, like, every single character that had ever died. Um, so I like that we see Jenny again in that capacity... Um, yeah, it's funny. No one brought up Jenny in any reunion stuff. And I know she's not yeah. big, but she's bigger than Wesley Wyndham Price. I mean, <laughs> she's in seasons one and two. But and like, her death is like, I think that her death is the first big oh, death yeah. of the show. Oh, definitely. Because Jesse, we don't really know to care about that much. Yeah. And, and they like, all move on real quick. Like his death, her death brings on that amazing Giles moment. And then the whole like... That's the first time we really see that Buffy and Giles have that, like, uh, father-daughter relationship and stuff like that. Yeah. And that moment where Giles, you know, sees her in bed. It's, she's, I, I mean, just like, no one, I feel like, has put, we should get her on the show. Because <laughs> no one has put a microphone in her face and asked yeah. her about these things. I'm sure if we tried to get to Jenny Calendar, we could. Um, viewers, listeners, I don't know about that. That's your challenge. Try and get us Jenny Calendar. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. And then, so like conversations with dead people. I think we both agree is like the one of the best season seven episodes, right? Yeah, I mean that's just one of the best series episodes. Yeah, I put that at number five for my list. For me, like that episode's actually like. I felt like they hadn't done actual, like, a little bit creepy scary since, like, Hush. Yeah. And this one is, like, I mean, it's not, you know, the ring, but it's, like, a little creepy scary. <laughs> um, and when you see the, like, flash of Joyce on the couch 
Also, like yeah, and then it's the only... It, I remember... I mean, do you remember watching it for the first yeah. time and being jarred that they put the I, the title of the episode at the very beginning? Yeah. I was like, okay, they're, like, announcing this is, like, a special hour <laughs> of Buffy, but it was very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I put Restless, which I'm sure is on yours, yeah. and I put The Body, and I put The Gift, um, and Once More with Feeling. Yeah. Did you put Tabula Rasa? Tabby Ross is my number eleven. Tabby Ross is so good. If not, if not only for the Michelle Branch, the most famous person to ever perform at the Bronze. Wait. It, so when I was watching with my boyfriend, he didn't know who she was. I was I like, I am so disappointed. I was in like, him. oh, you know who this is? Like Michelle Branch. This song's like a big deal, and he was like, I've never heard the song. I don't know who that is. And I was like, what? I can sing the entire song from Beneath <laughs> and from memory and will right now. <laughs> I mean, it just makes me, whenever I hear that song, it makes me want to cry because I think of Tara leaving and I'm like, don't leave Tara. I have like, I only have like five songs by Michelle Branch on my iPod, but what, or iPhone rather, and this is, this is one of them. It's, and I love Michelle Branch. Every time I go to karaoke, people who go to karaoke with me know this, I always do everywhere. <laughs> it's perfectly within my vocal range. I really like Yellow Card's cover of it from Pop. pop Are they punk? punk goes pop. <laughs> Are they punk? They're like pop punk, yes. Okay. They're pop punk? Yeah. They're not poppy at all. Yellow Card? I don't even know. I couldn't even name you a exactly. Yellow Card song. <laughs> um, I have conversations with dead people and then I have Chosen. Yeah. Um, which, so, in the reunion... Entertainment Weekly that they did, they like the episodes they specifically discuss are the body, um, which is funny because in the video interview, they like all look at Christine Sutherland when they like mention that, and Allison Hannigan goes, "You died? I really need to watch this show." And I thought that was like kind of funny. Um, they talk about the body, and they do mention Anya's monologue, and like Amber Benson says she thinks that's like the best monologue in the entire series, and I might agree with her. Um, and, like, almost all of them said they don't really like, like, Sarah says she doesn't like watching that episode because it's, like, too sad, which, like, same. Um, and they talk about Hush, um, and, what are they, they, like, oh, and Joss Whedon does say that he thinks Angel becoming evil, becoming Angelus, is, like, the most important moment he wrote for the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, like, I feel that way, but I definitely feel like it's the biggest turning point for the show that, like... What do you think is the most important moment of time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I could, like, quantify important moments. I think that's the most important moment because Buffy's boyfriend becoming evil is just, like, it forces her to grow up so much so fast in a way that being the Slayer didn't even... Like, it's just, like... That's fair. And... Ugh, it's just so perfect. I can't think of a more perfect moment. But the funny thing is, I I don't know when he, wh- which scene he's talking about, because if he's just talking about the scene after they make love, and then oh, he no, goes he, outside and kills that girl. He was talking about the scene where she goes in to see him, because he said that he okay, like, realized because, that he could be a dick with what he wrote, the lines he wrote between them. Okay, because that is the scene that I think is probably one, the one, yeah, where she goes and he's like, you got a lot to learn about yeah. men. And, like, that is so... Also, her acting is so good in that scene where she's just like, she like plays up the like, oh, I'm like, and you remember that she's like kind of a child, like she's a teenager and like just playing up the like sad teenager and like her hands like crumple and like her face is just like. I would still get totally sad if someone told me I wasn't good. Yeah. (laughs) 
Not that it happens often. Not that that would ever happen. But um, I keep looking at this picture and I just love, 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 love this picture. Which um, picture are we talking Oh, the main one? The main one of the whole cast. It's all my beautiful babies. Um, so if you could have... So Giles had an excuse. He said he was literally just started rehearsing for the play he's in in London. Um, so it's not like he could just like go over real quick because he literally lives in London. Um, so who would you have included if you... Aside from Giles because he was invited. Right, right. Who right. would you have included? Um, Faith and Kendra. Kendra? Yes, Eternal Queen Bianca Lawson, who yes, looks younger now than she, she does, does yes. when she was on the show. Um, I would have the other two Slayers, Faith and Kendra. I I, <laughs> I would have included Faith and Andrew, honestly. Oh, Andrew, because like for me, Jonathan is in the series more than Andrew. No, I guess that's wrong. I think Andrew's actually like because of season seven, he's yeah, in so much because he's in so much of season seven. Um. I did, I was told that they did invite Jonathan, but he was, um... Busy writing, busy writing every show, and, and yeah. And all the other shit. <laughs> um, and... But I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but yeah. An unnamed source <laughs> told us. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I'm like, I really, I do really wish they could have somehow gotten Giles there, because he is like... For me, him and Faith are, like, very clearly, like, glaring omissions in this. Like, you look at all these beautiful Buffy babies, and it's like, oh, Faith and Giles should be there. Let's talk about how I think that this photo is clearly shipping Buffy and Angel. Yeah. She's holding hands with Angel. I mean, we all know Sarah ships them. Yeah, Sarah ships them. But, like, this is an artistic decision. Right, it almost... On behalf of the magazine, shipping Buffy and Angel. I kind of wish her other hand were holding Spike's hand. Like, I don't... I mean, we've had this discussion before. I Wait, and no one invited Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that. And I stand Riley. Right, and I wonder if he's, like, at home, like, burning things. Like, oh, this is great, lighting the magazine on fire. Like He was part of the opening credits, He was too. in the opening credits, like... Mark Blucas, y'all. Is he the only person that was in the opening credits that wasn't... That was left out? Oh, my God. Aside from Giles, but Giles wasn't left out? Yeah, I guess so. I think so. so. Yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> but, like, I mean, also, where would they even put him? Like, of course you're gonna put Buffy position between Spike and Angel, or the hell will they put Riley? Riley they could have put... Next to Joyce. <laughs> like... So, yeah, so, like, I always, like, depending on how I feel, I don't know that I even... For me... I just burped. Um, for me, I'm literally eating candy. For me, like the most important thing about the show is Buffy and like their all their relationships. I'm not as invested in like who she's dating. I don't. For me, that always feels weird. Like why people are so invested in that aspect of the show? Because people think that it's a teen drama and that it's about who she. Like they think it's Dawson's Creek with vampires and shit. I mean, yeah. Like my dad, (laughs) my dad is like very nerdy as am I, and I get my nerdiness from him. But he definitely like shrugs off Buffy as like a teen romance show. And I'm always like, it is not! <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, even when you look at, I'm sure, like, the old covers and stuff like that, like, it was always Buffy and Angel, and yeah. it was about, like, that aspect of it. But when I go back and think of Buffy, like, I barely think of, like, I mean, I'm sure, I think of the greatness of the arc of Angelus and yeah. stuff like that. But it's not as much to me about, like, Buffy making moony eyes at and like Angel. You know, for me, I remember, like, 
it's like such a big deal, but it's still not. Yeah, for me, it's still not like that's not what I think of when I think of the show. I think of like Buffy Willow and like Xander being friends and Giles being a good dad. Well, it's so interesting too because I mean, let's look at this photo as a photo, like. Seth Green is smack in the middle, and there's, like, no one around him. And right? Buffy's kind of off the side. She's in the foreground of the photo. She's the closest to us, except for Joss, who's on the floor. When I was doing the promo image for this, I had a lot of trouble with that, because I'm like, but Seth Green is, like, really, like, weirdly by himself and in the middle of the photo. Right. I don't understand. Like, I, I kind of probably would have changed Seth Green and Xander, because Xander is a cent. Or actually, you know what I would have done? Oh, my gosh. I would have put... Tell me about your artistic direction. I would have put Buffy, Willow, and Xander in the middle. Oh, absolutely. That's because they been. are yeah. the central characters. And then I would have had it go out from there. Like, maybe behind... You know, well, next to Willow would have been, like, Tara. Yeah. And then kind of put people in little groups. But then maybe even have, like... First of all, invite Mark Lucas And have, like, oh Spike, uh, Angel, and Riley together. Mm-hmm. Like, next to each other in a little group. I do like this photo, even though they're on other sides of the grave. Like, yes, Michelle Trachtenberg and Kristen Sutherland together. Yeah. And then I probably would have put... Um, and we think that's on purpose. Because I had a lot of people point out they thought it was weird that Christine Sutherland is, like, behind a tombstone. But, like, I feel like that's clearly on purpose, right? Because, I, like, she has a whole episode dedicated to, like, them mourning yeah. her loss. I also would have loss. grouped, maybe, like, next to Xander, like, grouping... Cordelia and Anya together. On either side of him. On either side of him. And then... Or just, like, on both on side, Or maybe, like, Anya next to him and then Cordelia and then next... And then Wesley next to Cordelia. And then on the other side, if you have Willow, it would be Tara next to her. And then maybe Tara with Dawn and Chris... And um, yeah. Joyce, because Dawn and Tara were such a... Yeah. So that's how... And then, um, you know, Oz there, too, with Tara. I mean, with, with uh, Willow. So I think it should have been uh, the that because that is the, the trio that I care about. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, same, yeah. Um, I mean, I think the only I literally think the reason Oz is in the middle is probably because they're like, oh, this is a magazine spread. If Sarah's in the middle, she's going to be kind of like cut off a little bit. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have put Sarah in the direct middle, but I just mean that like I that's how I would have maybe yeah. wanted her closer to the middle, and then or even if it wasn't middle middle, like. The groupings need to be different. Like, I just really think it would be powerful if we saw that threesome together. It's, for me, I guess they put Cordelia where she is because they wanted her and Anya also, close to Xander. Also, she looks smoking hot. Oh my god, she does. So she deserves to be, like, um, prominent in every photo. I would have liked her, Angel, and Wesley to be, like, next to each other since, like, they're, like, that's that, Daniel Scoobies. All right. Um, gosh, I think... I don't know, I think we've discussed this to a lot. Oh, you mean you want to do it for another hour? Because I could. <laughs> we could. Maybe our listeners want us to discuss it for another hour. <laughs> no, they don't. Why don't you tweet us and tell us how much longer you want us to talk about the reunion stuff? Or actually, listeners, why don't you tweet us and tell us what are some one-off episodes that you would want to listen to yeah. that have nothing to do with uh, individual episodes? Because we want to do more of those. Yeah. Um, hey, if they wanted to tweet you, how could they do it? You can find me at Ian X Carlos. And if they wanted to tweet you, where could they find you? They could go to twitter.com backslash, <laughs> or is it a slash? I don't know. Just whatever the normal slash is. Twitter.com slash Matthew with one T Rodriguez. 
And that's our show for today. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.